Thanks for listening to this podcast from The Holy Talk. Email holytalkpodcast at gmail.com for more information. Welcome to Holy Talk Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. I am David Nekrutman from Israel. My brother from another mother. How you doing, sir? I'm okay. Happy Jerusalem Day to all our listeners out there. Happy Jerusalem Day. We're going to dig into Jerusalem Day and what that is. Uh, but David, there's a lot of things happening there. And uh, you was about to go and I had to stop you and say, listen, wait, let's get on that. So give us some Israel news. Our folks are loving the updates of what you're giving because it's a firsthand experience and it's a truthful experience. A lot of them don't have to get some filter stuff through uh, media. And so thank you for your time in doing that and giving us some updates. Okay, so first I just wanna say, I wanna acknowledge Ron Dermer, the former ambassador of Israel to the United States. So he recently stepped down and he served the country for over seven years in the United States and has really been a great ambassador for, for the state of Israel. So today there is a, uh, a conference uh, sponsored by one of the news, Israeli news outlets. And he said in his comments that uh, the state of Israel now has to concentrate more on evangelical support for Israel. That means we now have to be more proactive in our outreach with evangelical Christians than American Jews. I've wow. never heard an Israeli person who was involved in representing the state of Israel. Now, he's not saying that as a representative of the state of Israel, but he just stepped down from his position as one of the you know, very few ambassadors over the years. We have, you know, remember, Israel's not that old. It's 74 years old. And uh, so you only, have a, you only have a certain team of ambassadors who served the state of Israel in the United States. And here's a person who understands the significance of evangelical Christianity and their friendship towards Israel. And uh, he, he made it very clear that for evangelical Christians, uh, that where the numbers are just more than the Jew, Jewish people in the United States, that enough should tell us that we should be um, investing more in, in the resources to enhance that relationship. But more importantly, evangelical Christians are not as critical as our own Jewish people about the state of Israel. Now, there's no problem with criticism, but sometimes I think the uh, American Jewish community sometimes go out of its way to show how good they are as American citizens on the left progressive side of the aisle than necessarily standing up for the state of Israel. So whereas wow. evangelical Christians, uh, they understand when it's time to criticize, but on, on the most part, those in the evangelical Christian world who are a remnant in standing with Israel really do out of sense out of, uh, that it's a biblical mandate. And therefore, for a former ambassador to say this is a huge revelation. So I just want to, you know, instead of going That's to it, some was, bad news yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on no. Jerusalem uh, Day, I think it's important to do good news of how we see the importance of, of evangelical support for Israel. And there, I want to make, make that very clear because I don't think many Israeli politicians understand the significance of evangelical Christian support for Israel and how great our friends are, are, have been there always. And, and again, from when you had Herzl, there was always a Christian there, 
right? So one of the best friends of Herzl was an evangelical diplomat and pastor. So all throughout the entire process of the ongoing revelation of what we call the state of Israel, there's always been a remnant of Christians standing with us. So I think it's appropriate on a sacred modern day holiday as Jerusalem Day is, that we acknowledge our friends who are made up of nations around the world but believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A quick question. Why now then? Why, why did you feel like, he, and, and why, why, why did he say that, like this is the most important thing? Why do you feel like now is the time that, that is for that statement to be said out of all the years? Out of all the years, I think the statement, specifically in the United States, where there's so much divisiveness and an array of political issues, but I think more and more we're seeing a divide among American Jews on how they see Israel in the priority of what it means to be a Jew. And unfortunately, uh, those who are not really committed to the faith uh, of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the expression of Judaism, whether it be from the reform or conservative movements, uh, we just see that if you are progressive and liberal, the support for Israel from the American Jewish community is less and less and waning. Uh, so I believe that we're living in biblical prophecy, never experienced beforehand. That's right. I don't need proof of God. I know there is a God because I returned back to my land after 2000 years. Uh, I would have expected after 74 years with the state of Israel that we would have a strong Jewish community standing hand in hand with the state of Israel. And it seems like the politics of the day gets so caught up with uh, the Jewish people who wish to be loved by others more than standing with Israel. And I know that's a controversial statement, but you know me, I, I'm, I don't shy away from controversy. <laughs> but it seems like our desire to be loved by others sometimes uh, supersedes what our commitment and responsibilities should be. So thank God we have a state of Israel. It is the homeland of the Jewish people. Any Jew around the world has a right of return and automatic citizenship if they wish to come to Israel. Uh, what I'm seeing so what I'm seeing unfolding in the political landscape, specifically in the United States, is that if I want to be part and popular with particular movements that are very progressive, then it, it, I have to show how much I can condemn Israel. Yeah. And I, I, and I feel as a Jew uh, and its fullest expression of being a Jew and Judaism is in Israel. And uh, instead of trying to be a critic all the time and win a popularity contest, sometimes you have to stick to what it means to be right uh, and the right side of God. And for me, that's just unwavering support of Israel. And, it, I, and not to cut you off, but I did. Sorry. This is what we do. This is how New Yorkers yeah, are, that's right? How we, this is holy <laughs> uh, talk. No, this is holy <laughs> talk. You said something powerful because you would think like, all right, I'm wanting to be loved by people, but there is a group of people that are like, not only Jews, but there's a group of Christians that really, really love Israel, right? And if right. they can only be awakened to the fact that there are people, right? Side with the folks that love you instead of trying to get everyone to love you, just side with the people that really do love you and love you for who you are, which is the key, right? They're not they're not loving you to change you. They're loving you for who you are because what I what I 
what I see, and tell me if I'm wrong or not, is that when, the, when you're trying to get everyone to love you, what happens is now I have to then uh, give up some things for you to love me, right? Instead right. of having you love me for who I am and me loving you for who you are, I then have to give up my identity to make you comfortable with me, right? And so my, my prayer is that they'll see like there's a group of people that love you just the way you are and doesn't want to take anything from you, love you for who you are as a Jew. Right. I've always said this. The second greatest miracle in our lifetime is the rapprochement between Jews and Christians. Wow. Now, that doesn't mean all Christians, because we have 2.4 billion people who identify with Christianity. And so what you have is really a remnant, but the remnant is tens of millions strong around the world who support Israel without ulterior motive. So if I have that remnant with a remnant within the Jewish people, meaning those people who live in Israel and are standing here, plus our, 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 our uh, Jewish people around the diaspora who are standing with Israel, that remnant with the remnant within Christianity come together, shows them a most powerful force that we can actually come together despite whatever theological differences that we may have between Judaism and Christianity. But I look at Christian support for Israel without ulterior motive as truly a miracle because uh, Christianity has done very well without the Jews for almost 2000 years. Uh, Christianity has on most part really believed in replacement theology. Yes. And at the end function in a replacement theology paradigm uh, you know, Jews lost the covenantal status uh, because of their rejection of Jesus, and therefore the church became the new Jews. And Jewish people basically are under God's wrath until until what what Christian theology really believed at the end of the day was accept Jesus or eternally burn in hell. But that theology went through a metamorphosis and a transformation in 1948. And then in 1967, that's why I think Jerusalem Day is very, very important because I think for 1967, for many, many Christians, all of a sudden, what happened here in six days? We won. We, we have Jerusalem. We have Judea and Samaria. I don't want to take away from Judea and Samaria. Exactly right. That's a miracle. There's no reason how, why yeah. we should be ever in that position, but we were. So God given us this opportunity of a stewardship over more land of, the Isra of Israel. That doesn't mean that I don't take care of people who are, don't affiliate with Judaism in the land of Israel. So the citizens of the state, I've said this beforehand, we have 9 million people who are citizens of, of Israel. 20% of the citizens of Israel are not Jewish. All right, so you're talking over 2 million people who are not Jewish in our state and mostly Muslim. And I'm proud that we have a Muslim population in the state of Israel. I'm proud that we have Christians that are in the state of Israel. And therefore, it's a testimony to the democracy and also to the Jewish religion and the Jewish faith that we can go ahead and live in the land of Israel. It doesn't have to be completely Jewish, that we have non-Jews living in the land. That's what covenant land comes with covenant responsibility. So for me, um, True religious freedom and true religious expression has really happened under the state of Israel, balancing its Jewish identity along with democratic principles. Wow. So I love the way you said since 1968 that, you know, because again, I, I, I was born in 76, so I don't know any other life than 
understanding that we're in, that replacing theology is not. So I grew up in a holiness church in the South Bronx, right? My pastor always preached Jerusalem, the family, you know what I mean? And so I don't know anything other, you know, I don't know past when I was born to now, right? Now we see it, and I, and I know you can say amen to this, I see in the last 10 to 15 years that even getting a, a lot to another level of strength, right? Of relationship where God and his is a miracle where he's really, really joining people. And not only to say that we join with Israel, but friendship, like true friendship, like ours, right? True friendship with orthodoxy and Christians are saying, no, we're, we're lifelong friends. We're lifelong brothers. Now I've yeah. seen more now than that last 10 to 15 years that I've ever seen in my life. But I don't know anything else for me, specifically Daniel Ortiz, growing up in a Christian environment. I grew up in a Christian environment that was so accepted to Israel, that was so accepted to Jerusalem, that was like, no, we, that's our brothers. We're not replacing them. And, and so that theology has been, and we still know a lot of Christians that think like that. But I, I, I will say there's a whole group and, 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 and more than a remnant that says, no, we're not going to take this on. This theology was wrong. It was man-made and we don't see it through those eyes. Right, so I think that, again, that's for a Jew to see a Christian grow up in that environment is miraculous. I, you don't look at it as a miracle because you grew up in that, but for us in the historical 2000 years in engagement with Christianity is truly a miracle because there is no reason why you should on any practical basis love the Jewish people and the state of Israel. Because Christianity, as I said, Christianity has done very, very well with, without the Jews for, yeah. for so many years. So therefore, if it's done, if this is a miracle and it's all based upon the hand of God, that's that Christians are, are accepting their, their download for, for Israel, then it becomes the imperative for the Jewish people to proactively engage with true intent and integrity for the relationship and not to take advantage of the relationships. I want to make that very clear. Sometimes there are Jews out there who look at this as a financial bandwagon to go ahead and try to take money from Christians who are supporting Israel. I want to make it very clear. This is about relationship. Yeah. Jews should understand the importance of this relationship. And it's not simply trying to go ahead and say, well, hey, they could believe whatever they want to believe. As long as they're giving, might as well give to me. And I don't want I that, that type of relationship. I want true relationship. And I want to join that sentiment in, in talking to Christians, uh, because even as of last year, a prominent ministry here, you know, basically suing each other, you know, what I mean, because they were raising funds for Israel, you know, what I mean, Christians raising funds for Israel, but not using it that fund. So I'm also talking to Christians, you know, we don't take advantage of even saying that we're friends with, with Israel, because that can also on our side so that you know David on our side there's a lot of you know ministers that will call themselves ministers but their hearts are not right and they and they would say oh I'm friends of Israel I'm 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 raising up finances for, for Israel and then next you know they're spending the money on the on the on the latest uh house or car that they brought and so that happened last year that was publicly happened you know with, with a prominent ministry I won't mention their name because I, I just don't like to do that but you know I'm, I'm talking to Christians, you know, as we go into the land of Israel, hopefully some of you guys are going with me in September, as we go in September to, to Israel and, and, and we see Jerusalem, we're not going to, to take, it's, it's not, we're not raising money so that we can, we're going to just be a blessing and be a service and be, and then just learn how to be a better brother. 
is right. what I'm and saying. And I, th I think the I think the importance right now because you grew up in the South Bronx, but I'm pretty sure, I may be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You didn't have a relationship with the Jewish community that was no. nearby. No. And I and I think what's I think the the important thing is is that yes, there seems to be this relationship between the Christian community and and Israel, but it does not necessarily spread its influence between the local community i agree with that with the and i would say specifically with the orthodox jewish community and but i again when i first started off 20 years ago in the sacred calling definitely there was not many that much interaction i would often be the token orthodox jew uh, attending the celebratory <laughs> events uh, that you know, yeah. of churches supporting Israel, but I think more and more Orthodox Jews are coming out from the woodwork and trying to figure out how they do this relationship because it's so new. But I, I people I've spoken to specifically in New York who have a heart for Israel and have a lot, and there's it's one of the largest, it is the largest Jewish community yes. outside of Israel, and yet there's this divide. And that goes to a lot of issues domestically that happens between Jews and Jews, Jewish people living next to non-Jews and the issues of the socioeconomic gaps, uh, the what's perceived as prejudices from one side to the other side. There's a lot of stuff that happens on the community level. So what's kind of interesting, and, and I've, I've ex expressed this a lot to Jewish leaders is Israel is able to, for some reason, go beyond the local issues between Christians and Jews and actually come together because it's Israel. Israel, for yeah. some reason, becomes a more connector. Uh, so I don't know what your experience is, but no. that was my assumption. No, and, and your assumption was absolutely right. In New York City, we did not have that, right? And so, you know, then my mind goes to, you know, that's why we're doing the Holy Talk podcast. That's why we, uh, you know, I think part of it is a lot of education, right, on both sides, right? And, and, and I'm in Columbus. And so Columbus, we're trying to see that, you know, for me, a couple of years ago, to be invited to go to, uh, let's say, a funeral, right, with a to see a, a Jewish funeral, right? To see and to be accepted as a family. Me, us being, you know, my friend and I being the only Christian in that group environment, right? That okay. to us was just a privilege, right? Just to be seen as family enough to say, you know, even to visit the person in the hospital, right? Which is that's never, never even done. Like we were the only two Christian people that out of all these folks to go visit this great hero that fell, uh, that, that passed away a couple of years ago here in Jerusalem, uh, here in, in Columbus to go see him at the hospital and, and in Iraq, that was special, right? But we want more of those special moments, right? And so we have to then, uh, I would say intentionality is very important here in Columbus and New York City. How do we be intentional on getting, you know, Christians and Jews? Because again, in New York City, you notice, there's a big population that are just being miseducated, especially in New York City, the Bronx, Brooklyn, all these different suburbs, uh, um, boroughs are being educated on that. Hey, Jews, you know, they have the money, they own our buildings. It's just it's a false education. But I, I, I would venture to say, if you, if you find the Jewish leaders and you find the Christian leaders in New York City, right, and then sit on the table, I think that would trickle down to 
those inner cities, you know, that 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 they churches could now start talking about it. They pastors kind of start talking about it. But if there's not an intentionality for those leaders to sit down, that will never happen. So that there has to be a trickling down. Agreed. I mean, I, I think this is what, what comes in through the 1970s and 80s when we were growing up. I'm a little older than you, Pastor. I was born in 73. So uh, <laughs> you're my eldest I, statesman. You're my <laughs> eldest statesman. But I think this is, I think the equation of a Jewish slumlord somehow takes away from having the relationship. But that's why I say it's kind of interesting that the state of Israel goes beyond the local uh, preconceived notions on each other, right? So again, on the Jewish side, we don't see necessarily, or we're making ourselves open to see that there are truly sincere people uh, across across the across different denominations of the Christianity that wish to have a relationship but just don't know how to and don't feel welcome by the Jewish community to even have that relationship so I, it's a miracle that we're talking with one another because we both come from New York I obviously left I left uh, you know I left Brooklyn over almost 16 years ago uh, but that's but that's the thing I remember growing up in the time where I wouldn't have any relationship with the non-Jewish community. We were very secluded in Borough Park and Flatbush. And I, I, I'll, I'll even say this, Pastor Mondero of Blessed Memory passed away, passed away last year. Uh, no, I say passed away earlier this year. He was from Bay Ridge Christian Center. Now Bay Ridge Christian, Cent Bay Ridge Christian Center was known as, that was part of the Sunset Park. That was where yeah. all the Latinos lived, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It was borderline to Borough Park, which where all the Jews were living. Also, Bensonhurst, where you had Italians, and then there was a certain part where You're Asians taking were me back, living. yes. Right? Taking you back <laughs> yeah. to, right? There was, the, there was literally, this is the block of where everything separated between different communities. And when I was invited to the first event that I attended for a celebratory um, support for Israel was a Bay Ridge Christian Center. It was because of Pastor oh, wow. Madero. Um, and obviously it was headed, it's headed by Pastor Padilla. But Pastor Madero is one who, who got who received the vision. And he saw my boss on, on uh, Telemundo television received the download to do a, a night to celebrate Israel. My boss couldn't make it. I went instead. And the reason why I bring this story is because he became the entry point uh, here's a person really, really a Spanish speaking pastor at the end of the day. Here's this local church celebrating Israel. And we became very, very, very good friends. And then when he had his heart attack a few years ago, I actually came in. I had to come into the States and I specifically came into New York, JFK. And then I, I, I rented my car to visit him on the first night he would be back from the hospital and go home to recoup from his heart attack. And just to say, you know, thank you, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I just want to have the opportunity to say thank you. But I spent like three hours at his home. And that to me was probably one of the biggest highlights. And wow. I, I've done a lot in Jewish Christian relations, but the ability to go to someone's home and he's willing to accept me literally as he's recovering from a heart attack. That's the type of relationship that I'm hoping one day Jews and Christians can have that you I'll be accepting someone's home. And, but I'm also willing at the same time to go to the person's home yeah. and actually make that relationship happen. And you do the same thing in yeah. Columbus with the Jewish community there. And, I, you know, I think one of my highlights in 2019, uh, do you know Jeremy Pressman? 
Jeremy. I know uh, of him. I know right? of him. So yeah, good friend Jeremy him. and his cousin Dan uh, from our crowd. Right? Jeremy's in our, our crowd. Good good friends. So they invited me and my my buddy to go to the largest uh, Orthodox camp in New York City, like a summer camp. And you know, the summer camps for you for the Jews are like it. That that's it. Like 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 when I went, I was like, okay, I didn't get none of this. This is awesome. So we got to go. And I think it was a thousand kids, you know, and so to spend four days in this camp and being able to be embraced as the only two Christians that have ever walked the grounds of this camp. And, you know, we did some basketball training. We did some, you know, uh, and I forgot the rabbi that's there. Uh, and you would know him if, if I say his name, because the camp was an incredible uh, uh, camp. Um, as we did meals and everything, as we just hung, I mean, we were there the whole time. We didn't leave. It's not like going there's nowhere to go. It was like in the middle of nowhere, right? You drive like two hours into the mountains of New York City. And it was beautiful. But one, one thing that we begin to start talking about and, and because of COVID, we, the conversations dropped was, you know, how do we bring, you know, inner city kids to this camp and, and do a separate camp where kids of the Orthodox community that want to be a part of like a, of a missions, you know, mentality of saying, if we can get all of you guys together through sports, you know, that sports is a great way of bringing people together. Right. And now not many people know that how basketball started. Basketball, you know, we, was, was invented by a, a man that literally wanted to teach the scriptures. That's that's literally, you know, why basketball I, was I invented. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know it, that. It, it, um, you know, so it was invented because uh, while he was he he was a Canadian that went to Europe and he came here to Massachusetts um, and he was trying to teach these people the Bible he didn't know what to do because he was playing European games and so Hashem gives him this God gives him this great revelation of basketball and so like the five are the five smooth stones of David they also five up you know fivefold ministry like a lot of stuff that he invented put into this game was because of that now this this game that was invented to bring people together to study scripture you would I was in Jerusalem and Mount Zion and there is a basketball court in Mount Zion everywhere you go in the world Poland I've been to to Japan Everywhere I've ever been, there is a basketball court, right? Not knowing that this game was bringing people together to learn scripture. And so with that in mind, we thought, how do we take this story and continue to bring people together, you know, through sports and, and, and to, because we have to find a way, right? To bridge the gap. We have to find a way. It's not going to be through our theological studies, right? It's going to be through, how do we get together and know that we have some more, more in common than what we have differences. Right. No, no, that's that's it. I didn't expect the conversation to go this way, but that's the significance of, significance of Jerusalem Day. Jerusalem Day. So yeah. we, we have to make sure that folks understand, like this is, uh, we stand here Monday because we did it Monday instead of Sunday. Uh, Monday, May 10th is, from the 9th to the 10th is Jerusalem Day. You know, so how, how can some of our Christian brother, David, uh, celebrate this day? So... Uh, on a spiritual sense, I would say uh, recite Psalms 113 to 118. This is known as the Hallel Psalms, and we invoke it in our own, own prayer service. This is acknowledging God's divine intervention in human history, and we only say these Psalms on biblical feasts, such as the Feast of Tabernacles, um, um, uh, Pentecost, known as Shavuot and Passover, as well as 2,200 years ago, there was a uh, rabbinic holiday came into uh, 
into the history of the Jewish people named Hanukkah. So on Hanukkah, we also say Psalms 113 to 118. And then 2,200 years later, we have the State of Israel, and that's Israel's Independence Day. So that's our modern day sacred holiday. And today is Jerusalem Day, where we, we, we thank God for the reunification of Jerusalem with the State of Israel. So be encouraged, go uh, throughout this week, whenever you listen to this podcast, go to Psalms 113, read it, Psalms 114, read it, read it all the way to Psalms 118, and let that be a blessing to you. Uh, anything else you want to live with our folks today? Uh, any uh, any other, do you want to touch on Genesis at all? We don't have to, but do you want to do no, anything no, on I, Genesis? I, I, I think, I think for, for me, just again, 54 years of, of Jerusalem being reunified with the state of Israel. Um, I know that at this particular point in time, people are receiving the news of how it looks like it's very explosive in Jerusalem. So I wanna make it very clear. We've talked about this in, in the previous podcast. Because something is happening at a particular area in Jerusalem doesn't mean the entire city is, uh, is in, in fighting zone right now. We're talking about specific areas in, in Jerusalem, mainly near the old city, near the gates into the old city. Uh, we do see some type of coordinated effort within the radical Arab uh, leadership trying to stir up the flames right now while on the side of the Gaza border, we have rockets coming in. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's kind of interesting to sort of experience this right now. It's like, why is this happening right now? We're sort of used to like every few years, something is going to happen. We, we sometimes go into war because of it. We have to do some type of thing. I don't want that. I want, I want Arabs to understand that we, we want you here. And because we have a Jerusalem day march doesn't mean that we're saying to you that we don't want you here. We are just celebrating the fact of this miracle of the state of, of Jerusalem with with the state of Israel. Just I believe that the state of Israel, Israel's Independence Day is a celebratory event. I know for many Muslims within in, in the state of Israel and the Palestinian territories, they look at the Israel's Independence Day as uh, Yom Nakba. That's not, it's, it's a tragic day. Um, and, and for some reason, I, I, I want, for some reason we continue to go ahead and use rhetoric to separate both peoples that are going to continue to live in this land. So I, I look at it as, look how beautiful Jerusalem has come from 54 years ago to where it is right now. And you've been at different areas in Jerusalem, but just go to Mamila area and you will see that every single business around that area, you have Jews and Arabs employed and working together, walking the same malls. I mean, that's the everyday of Jerusalem. Unfortunately, you have some type of coordinated effort to try to fan the flames. And I'm not saying that we as Israelis sometimes don't make bad decisions when it comes to certain aspects in engaging with the Arab community. But I would say our attempt is good. And we're trying to figure out ways to make the, the, the place more peaceful. But the proof is that when you come to Jerusalem, you do not feel any sense of, of divisiveness like you would see on a CNN report. I agree uh, uh, totally, 100%. And that's hard to communicate in a podcast like this unless you are there. Yeah. So, so again, yeah. uh, I want to just make sort of encourage the people because I know some are like thinking, hey, I want to come to Israel, but look what's happening right now. 
it's happening in a specific location. Yeah. There's specific issues happening between particular communities, but it's not the majority and it's not happening everywhere in Jerusalem. And in, in, a few, in a few weeks from now, maybe hopefully less than that, everything will calm down and we can get back to making Jerusalem the, the capital of peace in the world. I have a video that I show folks uh, in Hebron uh, when, you know, for, for folks as I go to their churches and I speak on Jewish and Christian relationship, I show them this video of, of Jewish and Palestinian kids playing together, right? Uh, and, and, and when I show that video, they're like, huh, that's not possible. I'm like, no, because you believe the lie, right? Uh, uh, right. You know, the, the media may not show this, but that's why I show the video specifically because it's, you know, again, I use sports a lot of times. And so I'm playing basketball with these kids and, uh, you know, some folks have the kipper on, some folks don't. And it, and it was just about basketball and kids having fun, right? And right. so when they saw that, uh, we did a basketball camp in Hebron. And when they saw that, they was like, man, this is, it, it, I've never seen this in my life. And I'm like, this is the stuff that has to be seen. And so that's one of the videos that I show when I go to churches and I speak on this, because you're absolutely right. When you go there, one of the things that, you know, you begin to start, you know, the program inside of you is the lie that was put inside of you that there's this, you know, there's this hate that everyone is hating each other. And that is not the case. There are, you know, many pastors, you know what I mean? I think we, you and I, I think he's, he's your friend. We met, a, you know, I met a, a pastor, a Palestinian pastor that lives in the Palestinian side of Jerusalem. Talk about Stephen Corey. Yes. What an amazing human being. Right, he's I mean, my best what, friend. Stephen Corey is my best friend. I yeah. love him, man. I mean, right? one of the, the greatest people I've ever heard speak, man. But I want to make this very clear about Pastor Stephen Corey, okay? He's, he plays street ball, and I play yeshiva ball. That means I'm very nice. <laughs> I'm very nice when I play basketball. I'm not going to go and, and rough up anybody and push anybody. But Pastor Stephen Corey, when I play with him, he, he pushes me a little bit. I don't like that too much. I'm like, this is not a park ball up in, oh, you know. Man. <laughs> up in my Brooklyn stuff, I, you know, I'm playing, I just want to, I want to be able to go home without any pain. <laughs> no energy, right? No, I love him, man. Uh, he's incredible, man. I love him. I love what, what's happening. And so, uh, you know, again, you know, we ask you as those that are listening to uh, most of you are Christians, let's continue to pray, P continue to pray for Jerusalem, celebrate Jerusalem day uh, with our Jewish brethren. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week, man. You got it. God bless. Thank you. Blessings. So and then I uh, just want you to know on the show notes, our email going to be in the show notes. We're not going to say them anymore. They're just being on the show notes. And uh, when you look us up, all right, talk to you later. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to this podcast from the Holy Talk. Email holytalkpodcast at gmail.com for more information.